and welcome to the Jagscast. I'm back, having survived my Poland escapade. Um, well, I think we're all quite surprised, to be honest. Surprised? I thought they would have been relieved. Well, more surprised. Yeah. yeah. How was hosting in my? Absence? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, got through some some great points, great topics. Uh, I know so long ago now. It seems like not even a memory. Well, I have made a rookie mistake. The the battery for our recording device is at four percent, but I have a backup planned, which is quite good. So we should actually manage to get a full jacket. Barry, did you go along to Donald's extravaganza and the? Uh, was it you had it? The squid in the wheel. Need a voice, yes. Yeah. What? Did you go along to Donald's hosting? No, I didn't even know it was on. No. No. Didn't invite you. I think he did, but I tend to forget these things. <laughs> Did you listen to it? Some of it. Yeah. What did you think of him? His host was pretty good, I thought. Best Apart from talking through the intro. That was deliberate though. Best host of the year so far. Ooh, that's you Ooh. getting no points. <laughs> Alan, did you survive your week without me? Or was it better? It, well, I'm not going to say it was better. It was different. <coughs> it was different. And Donald certainly did a very good job of hosting. And we had a very good extra special guest, Vinny, who actually knows things about football. Yeah. Well, kind of. You know. I thought he was just spending his entire time dissing everyone. Certain, certain players. In the squad. <laughs> well, yeah, there was a bit of that involved as well. But it was it was good. It was fine. Are you Not glad complaints to be... about the beer prices, yeah. but you know. I was about to say, are you glad to be back in the, the comfort zone of Monroe's for tonight's? Yeah, I like it here. I think it's a good venue. I'm glad to see you made it back from Poland as well. Thank you. How was Poland? Cold. Cold. Cold, we good. How was the game? How was the first half for everybody in Scotland <laughs> that didn't see it? Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it was good. You know, we were, didn't have a lot of the ball. Poland was... But Alan Hutton had an absolute setup that he should have squared back rather than shot right to the goalkeeper's legs. Why did no one in Scotland see the first half? Daily record are awful. <clears throat> Yeah, the Daily Record. Do you not know about this? The Daily Record have a li- had a live feed of the game, and that was the only place you could watch it. It wasn't on any TV channels, and they messed it up, and everyone was sitting waiting they, for this thing to pop up. They didn't realise a lot of people wanted to watch the national team, mm-hmm. and didn't expect it. So, so a lot of people gave up at half time. I thought that oh, forget it. I'm just going to listen to the radio. Apparently, the second half was fine on on the feed. Because nobody was watching it. Nobody was watching it, a lot of people were giving up, wasn't it? So in theory, I'd have made a lot of money if I'd charged people a pound to watch the stream off my phone. Well, it's 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 an opportunity next time you go to an away game, and it's only a daily record I've got it, yeah. Maybe in the Nigeria game will be a daily record only. I'll just sort of stand behind the goal on my phone and just sort of follow the path. Are you going to go to that one? Yeah, picked up already. Uh Expensive though, £25 for a friendly, it's just ridiculous. Five pounds for a match in London. No, I don't know. It's a friendly, you know. I mean. mm-hmm. Which brings us nicely to the points round. What is the most you've ever paid for a game of football? Not to not to play, but to view. <laughs> and is there a barrier that you would not cross in your following of this? I think it depends a lot on what, like for example, like cup finals, etc. I mean, obviously fans get. I don't know if I'm allowed to use the word shafted if that counts as swearing or not on iTunes. That's not swearing. Okay. Uh, 
so I mean obviously that happens more and more the later the more progression you have in cup competitions um, would it be easier if I simplified it <laughs> I would think so we'll simplify it we'll, <laughs> we'll just say for a bog standard league game alright okay. right. well, well, you're talking about a whole day's travel and all the rest of it no no just, 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 just ticket mission money yeah I don't know if I picked that much to get into games then. I suppose mm. this year is this season rather. Being it's back probably in Premier League's probably the most I've paid. Mm. I've not been to big games in England. I've been to an Arsenal game at Wigan that I can't remember what the ticket cost was, but I think Wigan's fairly reasonable by. I wouldn't have thought it'd be that level. much. I thought it was probably what twenty something quid or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. Most I've paid was Spurs, which was forty eight. Although Spurs tends to be that there's a general sale for about 10 seconds and it sells out and then you get the, the season ticket holders that can't make the game can sell their tickets and that money comes off next year's season ticket price for them. So uh, but you just it's just like the box standard price of a, a match day ticket. It turns out from a 48 quid I got like a padded seat. It was a perfect view. Just <laughs> And I was surrounded by all these guys in suits where I was just there looking like a tramp in my t-shirt and trainers. <laughs> um, I did have a point but I totally lost it listening to Barry's story. Um, yeah, about um, Premiership though not for much longer. Uh, Fulham, famously, you can get a season ticket there for £300 for an adult. Yeah, that's quite good. Uh, and that includes, that's for all games it includes. So you don't need to pay extra for when Arsenal or Chelsea come across town. What about uh, when, when they were playing in the Europa League campaign, did it? I don't know, I didn't look into it that much, unfortunately. Though I imagine European games would have been, what, maybe 30 quid extra for that kind of seat. Scotland games aren't that expensive either, are they really? You know, uh, I think I managed to pay other international games, you know. And then we, I've come to think of the last few years, we've been in the family section, so now my kids are all going to be over 18, eh, over 16 rather. Uh, it's going to be full prices from now on, so that might change things a bit. But um, I've never paid an awful lot. I've never been at a foreign game. I've never been able to see Barcelona, Real Madrid, or very. It's been years since I saw a game in England. It's mad. Apart from that one game, we'll talk I think it for the Scotland England game was 65. Uh huh. I've paid more for a couple of um, like European Championship semi-finals. Uh-huh. Um, Technically, my ticket for the Euro 2012 final was more expensive than that, but I made a lot of my money back by selling on the duplicates I had. Not ticket housing either. Well, I went to I went to uh, Poland for the Germany v Italy Euro 2012 semi-final. Right. Uh, and Germans had thought we got the final, so on, after the quarterfinals, had bought up tickets to the final. Off of what people who just what their campaign was over, like England fans that had bought see, them for the final. And so, when Germany got scudded by Mario Balotelli, it was basically, as you go down the path leaving the stadium, it was just essentially Germany fans selling their tickets because they didn't really like what a final that Germany went going to go to. So, right. picked up a 4-5, uh-huh. went to Kiev and sold them on. So. And is that legal? It's not ticketizing. Because you're selling them at face value? Ish. Okay. Well, it's ten minutes right, it's ticked out, but it's not legal because I never did it first. You uh, okay. don't sue me. <laughs> so, as part one of the question, what is, part two is, what was the most you would pay, be willing to, be willing to pay for a bog standard league game involving Thistle? What would be the, the threshold that make you go, oh, I don't know if I want to pay that? 
Uh, I've got a season ticket just now. How much is it? Actual entrance at the moment, 17? 20 pounds for adults, 14 pounds for concessions, and three for under 16. Right, so it's 20 at the moment. <sighs> 25 when we play Celtic. But I believe you get a discount you get for this next game. Next so they can charge Celtic fans 25 pounds. Right, you have to charge the home fans the same, but then they give home fans a discount on another game to make up for it. Right, okay. It's a bit complicated all that, isn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, but, but I've got a season ticket, so I, I, you know, 20 quid. As expensive as it is, I suppose, compared to things. Usually, always compared to the picture system. The picture system is So it's about half the price of that, I suppose. Um, what would be some of the admissions in the away games? Maybe paying about 25 or something at some of the games? Celtic is the most money. expensive. It was 28 or 25 That's if it was you. Well, 25 uh, strength of cube was ridiculous, wasn't it? There was a bit of a backlash about that, wasn't it? Really to be honest, after going that, that was my first time, uh, I would probably go for the restricted view just on the basis. If you pay £28, you're sitting down the very front anyway, which means you don't get a great view regardless, and you're paying more money for not... Whatever you sit there, you're basically shafted. It's, there's no way you get a decent seat really there. But in general, I think most has been about twenty pound, twenty twenty-two-ish. Twenty one of those twenty-four. But I've never, never paid. I just sort of observed the sign. I wouldn't like the prices to go up too much more than they are at mm-hmm. the moment. Really, you know, for as you say, a bog standard game. But I don't think they really can unless I wouldn't imagine so. Earnings across the board go up, uh-huh. but. I don't really see that happening in anything, mm-hmm. so... I don't think there is... I would... Although the quality's not there, you're, your question was what would stop you going? And I think... Did the difference between I would complain about prices if they went up, stupid prices, England prices, I would probably still pay it. I would just moan about it a lot more. Yeah. And I think that's what the English teams rely on. They know that... One, they've got bigger fan bases, so they know that one, people will pay it, just complain about it, and two, if they don't like someone it, else someone else will take up their place. Yeah. It's quite interesting that, obviously, there's, is it in another industry where if a place went up, you would just say, I don't like the price, but I'm going to pay it anyway. You know, like if you were to go and buy a well, product, well, yeah. you'd have to. Well, don't we have to? Generally, with you know, <laughs> inflation, it's, you know. Pints of beer, glasses of wine, you know. Yeah, but say for example, you're say for example you're looking to buy a book, uh-huh. and you get a book for two different prices, two different places. Whereas if you want to go to a football game, I see what you, you mean get two so. different games uh-huh. for two different prices. Right. But so because of your loyalty to the team, you might go to the more expensive game to go to because you're going to see your team. It's like a you can't really have made that analogy, can you? Because you only well, as a football fan, you only support that team. Mm. You know what I mean? You might you might want to go and watch another football match, but. You're really committed to one team, so it's not like you'd have to be very fickle to go right up. Just well, I've got a red and yellow scarf. I'll just go see Albion Rovers from now on, you know. Although we supported them the other night. I think the whole Scotland is supporting them the other night. I was supporting Mark McGuigan. Uh huh. Mark McGuigan doesn't like you, mean? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like you. No. I did, I did post a positive star about him on uh, uh-huh. at Ibrooks. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me this before, but you can't actually say this story, can you? The story I mean, you, sorry, you can tell the story, but you can't, um, yeah, you can't fully explain it. Oh no, he just doesn't like me. Uh-huh. I don't think he likes statistics. 
Okay, fair enough. I don't think he does, judging by what he said about you and your statistics. I think what your statistic is one goal that you jumped into the crowd out of however many appearances you don't like statistics. Yeah. 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 The person who does sports science, sports science is not about statistics as well, you know, like performance rates and stuff. Mm-hmm. No. Surely he would embrace the whole statistics culture. He's gone, let it go. Scott Chaplin, he's another. Well, another I was just going to say, Scott Chaplin was playing as well, but I, th- I think Albion Rovers played really well in the first, or not really well, they played better in the first game. They actually tried to string, string some passes together the other night, they just seemed to be just booting the ball up the park. Well, they don't want to during the day. I suppose so. so yeah. mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many times they mentioned that the goalkeeper was a tax man, but no, uh-huh. kudos to whoever it was for saying it constantly. Uh-huh. And Josh Flood works in Asda. I don't know who Josh Flood is, I know he works in Asda. <laughs> Well, apparently they did that at the start of the game. They had one of these, you know, the team sheet out and where they worked and stuff like that, you know. Right. I, don't, I don't know where Ali McCoy's um, works. Anyway, we'll award points for the points round. Obviously, Barry's excluded for abusing, I can't remember why they've excluded you again. Say that Donald's a better host than <laughs> Yeah, aye, that's right. <laughs> well, I feel like I've pretty much not been a win because I didn't really say anything. And because Donald is a better host than me, I'm going to be bitter and not give you the points either. So it goes to Alan. For making no point whatsoever. Well, no, you actually answered the question. You said oh, the limit of price it be. I wasn't listening to myself, so thanks. Yeah. Well, if any consolation, we weren't listening either. Anyway, <laughs> shall we move on to the historic Thistle weekend where the first oh, yes. team won, the under 20s won, and the ladies team won? Really? Yeah. Which game will we talk about first, Alan? Oh, you could talk about the ladies game because you were at that one, if you like. Is that. No. Best way to start? Probably not. No. no, I think probably better start with the, the first team. Yeah. Okay, Barry. In 50 words or less, describe Saturday's exquisite performance. Exquisite? Exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I even need 50. First half, could they get football stopped up until a moment of absolute genius from Higgy, Taylor. Doolan's dummy, and then Erskine's finish, and then the second half was just... You didn't want the football to stop? Nah. Other than that sort of 15-20 minute spell after they scored where it was like, oh god, it's going to happen again, it's going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. The five corners was, uh, yeah. was a dodgy time for everyone. I know. And Hibs are so good at corners apparently. Like this sco- Kearney's corners seem to have improved a lot since he left Thistle and they've got guys like Nelson and with us being so poor at corners I just was wrecking it at that point but it's been it's a good team performance. The front four, I don't necessarily think Dolan behind Taylor worked as well as I hoped it would work but the front four you can't argue linked up well together, particularly for the first goal. That was more than 50 words in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I downloaded the game off of BBC iPlayer and I just kept watching it again. Although I don't have the this smart fancy sky tab that I can put on arrows and that. that I can, you know. <laughs> But just watching the movement for that first goal, it all starts with Stephen O'Donnell, right? Well, I was going to say it starts earlier than that. You were saying, that, you know, from Higginbottom on, which was great, but it was a slightly longer team goal, wasn't it? You know, because there was a few passes before that, although that was when it really you know, yeah. became inspired, you know. And then when Taylor 
cut it back and do and dummy it. O'Donnell's still running in the box and he takes two guys with him to the back post, which allows Erskine in space to lash a shot. I think lash is probably the appropriate term. Lash a shot into the top of the net. Did you keep watching O'Donnell after the goal? Yeah. Everybody else went away and celebrated and he just was like, his hands on his knees <laughs> with his head down. Like, he, he was like, knackered. Uh, he must have been. I thought we were going to get another dink. In the second half? Oh, in the second half. I, he was I just too he, far away from it, wasn't he? Just, I, I, I still thought he was getting that ball though, mm-hmm. and then William just got it the last second, but it was, it was just screaming out for a dink. Yes, it was. Like the Dufermo goal. It was, yeah. I mean, if he had done the dink, would that have been him securing his second consecutive goal of the season, I thought? <laughs> Probably, yes. I don't know, I don't know, it, wouldn't have been, it, it wasn't as sweet a build-up as the previous one that you're talking about, the, the Ferling game from last season, but it's a great game. Like, it reminds me of... Here right through the middle of the park, you know. Balotoni a few home games ago where the ball just seemed to stick to him, it didn't matter how much he wanted to give the ball away, it just sort of stuck to him and he was like almost through on goal, whereas Adorno was through on goal, it just sort of... Against Dundee United? I couldn't remember what uh, game, but that is it is. So is. Balatoni was looking every way to get rid of that ball, but he just kept going forward and beating men. And he was like, oh, I'm going to have to do something with this. That's what happened with Donald pretty much, except he was doing yeah. goal. Um, I'll come on to the, the other goals in a minute, but um, just picking up on old Donald, uh, like the sort of the contrast between him and McMillan or maybe isn't as much of a contrast as we thought given that they both seem kind of okay going forward though O'Donnell until Saturday seemed to have sort of lost his way going forward a little bit Uh, but now it seems to be affecting his game more defensively Uh, I thought he was at fault with the hips goal is that what you mean? Essentially, yes. I think it was really. He, he, he hit a ball to Fraser, which he was never going to be able to control. And then. And he came back to him, he kind of didn't make a great attempt at tackle. Yeah. Almost pulled the guy back, back. chased uh-huh. his mind at the last minute. Which he probably as well. Yeah, did. well done, but. Well, well, maybe, but it was kind of on the edge of the box, and that might have been, you know. Anyway. Even when the ball came into the middle, Chris Erkin did something strange as well. Well, Erkin was running back. At- Quite a pace uh-huh. to try and get back in. Uh-huh. But you kind of ran kinda, over the ball. Uh-huh. Well, kind of, I think assumed the striker were, or, uh, would take a touch uh-huh. and lay the ball forward. Yeah. But he kind of took the touch backwards a little bit, so the men there can just ran past him. Yeah. Uh, he was looked, looked a bit uh-huh. silly. But you see it again. It was just unfortunate. It looked uh-huh. as if he kind of stepped over the ball or whatever, you know, at the time. Uh, but no, taking nothing away from the Hibs player, it was a really good finish into the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gallagher, no chance. I thought we played great for the last hour. I thought the first half, first half hour, Hibs in most of the game, but they didn't really make that many chances for all the possession, and it wasn't a great game. We were coming into it a bit before half time, and the, and the goal just before half time, it was a great time to score a goal. Well, again, every, every time in the first half hour, especially when Hibs were getting the ball, basically from our attacks breaking down, whether it be Dewan and Taylor not quite linking up or just getting being dispossessed, whatever. Uh, Hibbs played the ball out to their left really quickly and O'Donnell was always left 2 on one mm-hmm. But Hibbs weren't able to capitalise that from that and I'm not really sure why, mm-hmm. other than the fact that it wasn't really until he brought on Heffernan 
that they begin began to look a bit of a threat mm-hmm. going forward. They don't seem to have much pace. They don't seem to move at any great speed, do they? Hibs kind of know, something missing there. Hibs in first half had great opportunities to where if they passed it through the uh-huh. striker or attacking midfielder they had a much better opportunity. Mm-hmm. Instead, they took the shot from 20, 25 uh-huh. yards, and it was. Uh-huh. That wasted a lot of their kind of, kind of half half chances almost. So you can see where it should go to make the chance, but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't get there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. are playing like a team that pretty much all know that as soon as Butcher gets the transfer <laughs> yeah. window, pretty They're much all, done, all yeah. of them are out the door and they have no motivation or confidence whatsoever. And the young ones that do want to sort of show sort of how good they are, are surrounded by maybe six or seven guys that are the first team regulars that have no interest in actually doing that well because they just know they're gone. McGivern was horrendous. Every single time he got the ball in his own half, he just thought, I'm not even going to do anything, I'm just going to launch this and hope that someone gets on the end of it. Um, Even the midfield. Kearney looked like the Kearney of the calls last season where he was just sort of lost and apparently ill. Nothing like the guy that got the sort of move to Hibs or the guy that's been playing for Butcher the past few weeks. And Butcher himself looks absolutely scuttled. It looks totally, totally fed up, you know. His face, when you see it, when you watch it again in Alba, wouldn't be scored. He couldn't even be bothered celebrating cheering him up, you know. He just looks like a guy. He looks like a guy who just wants to get into the season as well, you know. But um, how many points ahead of us are hips at the moment? Five. You know, I don't know if they're completely out of it. I mean, the only disappointment for us in the weekend was Ross County beating St Johnson. The other result was great after, um, <laughs> after St Byrne being 2 nothing up and the day United coming back and doing it in the last minute, you know. With three wonderful onside goals. I haven't actually yes. seen them. Yes, wonderful. Wonderfully onside. I haven't seen them at all, but are they quite dodgy? The first one was offside twice. Really? And the uh, first time was offside, they had three men offside. And well, I'll need to watch it, I haven't seen <laughs> it. And see if we got the ball. Even thought, well, I'm definitely offside here. Stopped, let the referee tell him, no, no, you're not offside, on you go. Then ran forward, cut the ball to someone who passed it to Graham, who was in front of the ball for the offside to tap it in. And all of this was just bizarre. It was just. Right, I'll have a look at that then, because that sounds I don't think the St. Marion players knew which part they should be appealing about. Uh-huh. It was that bad. It's never that bad. Uh, Though obviously I'm not complaining in the slightest. Um, I heard, uh, I read in one of the papers on Sunday that uh, Dundee United up until maybe 15, 20 minutes ago never had a single shot on target, then finished the game with about 15, 20 shots on target. Because after they scored that goal they just went mental and they had a period of that against us, I can't remember if it was a cup game, but we came up there where they just have this sort of 20 minute spell where they can just absolutely destroy you. I think I had it in both. The League Cup game though was bizarre, it didn't feel like we got lost in that game yet. We'd really get a hat trick in the the League game. They just have this sort of ability about them sometimes when 
It's almost like if they can be bothered, right, step up a gear and they just tear them apart. I see Peyton get taken off and then they automatically improve going forward. No link there whatsoever. Well, no, it does because it brings in about former pistol players. And we're going to talk about current stuff. Here's a stat for you. Since the new year, player X has either scored or directly assisted in 11 of our 17 goals that we have scored. Who is player X? Lee Mayer. <laughs> Since when? New year. Starting new year. Higginbottom. 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 Who ran the show again in the second half with an assist and a goal. fantastic again. There was one that he maybe should have played through to Taylor. I don't know if Taylor might have been slightly offside or not, and he had a shot, but it was a decent shot that was on target. But um, uh, um, the, the winning, the clinching goal, not the winning goal, the clinching goal, we would win. It was 2 1 and 8, all those corners. And the corner where, um, where Doolin fell. And was on the deck, <laughs> and, it, 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 and it kind of landed in his head almost. It, it, but it headed back into the danger area. And they had a shot. I mean, it was just getting deflected yeah. over. And it was all that. I mean, that that at that point, everybody, we were all just like, yeah. can't even look, can't look, can't look. We're going to do it again. That also the funniest moment of the match by far is Stephen O'Donnell's fall when. Uh, the first half where the boy takes it round him and he falls forward and on the deck still tries to sort of use his head to yeah. the ball. <laughs> but, uh, I, one thing, I mean, you see like Higginbottom should pass it at a certain... I, th- I think I spent the entire first half of the season complaining that he made one too many passes on occasion. And now, so I, don't, I feel as if now that he is taking the shots, I can't really tell him not, tell him not to take the shots because we just at the start of the season everybody just passed it and nobody wanted to just take that final shot. Uh-huh. And now he's got the confidence he's taking shots from absolutely anywhere. He was he was having some bad shots earlier in the season though that he was kind of was going for a big spectacular scissors kick. It was never really on and stuff like that. But yeah, we were, we were overplaying it and we weren't. Happened to shot and goal earlier in the season. He took a now shot that was, like that was destined for the top corner before Brickwall Ben uh-huh. tipped over the bar. Mm-hmm. Which was, was that created by a pass Stephen O'Donnell yeah. on his left foot. But the, the, as I was saying, the third goal, the one that clinched it, and it was so late on as well, it was just like absolutely perfect. Um, again, everybody about us going, oh, why is it going on? Just the early up, what's going on? You know, why? You know, I don't rate him, do you rate him? No, I don't rate him. And then he plays the pass through, there was a, a massive space there, I don't know where hips were, you know. They're obviously pushing forward, but there was nobody on their right side at all. And uh, Higginbottom decided not to go straight for goal, decided it would be too easy. I'll wait till some guys get back and then skin two of them. And uh, with Lawless standing there with his arms out going, give it me, I'll put it in. He just rolled it into the corner. It's great, it's a fantastic goal. And his celebration was... Well, he ran to the crowd and had a word with somebody who had yes. had a word with him previously, as he said in his uh, Alba interview, but I don't really know if anybody knows any more about that. See, I, he, he read in, I read in the paper that someone late on in the first half said something about playing with passion or something like that. And yes, I think I they think were calling his ability slash professionalism into question. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that was just Mr. Higginbottom's uh, response, shall we say. Right. 
Well, I was going to in that interview though, at the end of the match, when he still buzzing and stuff like that, he, he, he was quite funny about it all, you know, he was like, you know, the guy sort of questioned me, and questioned was, you know, what did he say, he said, well, I can't actually tell you in telly what he said, you know, but well, fair enough, maybe, maybe he was right, you know, so he took it in good spirit, at least, you know. And did you watch also the prog, the, the coverage in Alba, did you watch the half-time wee bit with the that, Taylor yeah. and Higginbottom, the, the, the love-in between those two? <laughs> <laughs> it's not as bad as the Gary Mackay, Stephen and Stuart Armstrong yeah, one. Well, <laughs> funnily enough, before the game, a friend of mine was talking about, saying, oh, you need to watch the Alba half-time, they, they, they put a couple of players together and it's like, um, you know, it's like, you know, basically having a gay affair and, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that, sorry about all you, you know, Gaelic speakers out here may agree with that thing, but we were a forwards-going channel and we think that's a good thing to do. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, I've never really seen that. And then I watched <laughs> Taylor and Higgy arguing with each other over um, um, who did the cooking and who was the best cook and who couldn't cook and all that. I just thought, yeah, that's... So there's the previous ones have been of a similar ilk, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A real loving at halftime then. Oh, definitely. I'll remember that the next time. There was always the one where uh, Adam Newhead interviewed before the Dundee, uh, for the Dundee United one, and he just like he was talking about the cup final, and he just genuinely looked like he was about to burst into tears. And it's just he had that whole sort of not looking happy, I've just got red eyes, and just looked like he was exploded to tears. Uh-huh. Uh, got to see my favourite one is still Wraith Rovers, where they got Greg Spence and Joe Cardell to go play crazy golf. <laughs> <laughs> where did they find a crazy golf course? I think it was in Dunfermline somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give a crazy golf to I need to go to Dunfermline. Well, you can go to Escape. Oh, no, I don't like that There's one. a Jurassic Park. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, up in... Oh, was that on Great Western Road up at the yeah, uh-huh. Boulevard? Yeah, I've seen that from a distance and wondered what it was. There's Is also it? a golf range. Now you know. Uh-huh. Uh, like a driving range, sorry. Right. It's reasonably fun when it's mm-hmm. not chucking down. I quite like an old seaside one, though. I don't like that one at um, Escape. Nah, not really. You were say, I thought you were going to say something there, Donald, before we went into Jurassic Park. Uh, no. No? No, I'm fine. I'd like to see Alba do one with Gabby and just take him around Glasgow and sort of get him to sort of give a, a Mexican tour of uh-huh. Glasgow. So we're just taking him to Pinto's then? <laughs> no, there's another place that's... Uh, to attack him with ammo? Aye. Uh-huh. Maybe Nando's. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's actually like uh, the sombrero hat shop. There isn't one, just made that up. <laughs> Maybe that could be a new line for... Sell them the shop. I could get, I, I'll, I'll get some sombreros in if he wants to come down to our shop. And, uh, Red and yellow sombreros for yeah, a, a European down and do a wee, a wee look about the shop. Uh, with his lovely wife as well. That'd be quite nice. Do you think we just wander around the West End pretty much? <laughs> if he's not training, him, me, his missus and his dog uh-huh. just wander about. Kelvin Grove or down by road. I, I haven't bumped into them, but lots of Jags fans have because there are always tweets about, oh, just, yeah. just talk to Gabby there. And... I mean, he's still not getting a game, but he's back in the squad, isn't he, I suppose, you know, but... I think well, if Muirhead's been injured for the season, uh-huh. I think he's essentially defending number three. And I think it's a shame for him because I think he would be playing if I hadn't seen there. I think him, he would be like the, the mere influence. Like the, the sort of same style of I'm just getting rid of it. Uh-huh. Whereas Barthorne is a bit more quote, classy. Nice to see Bear getting a goal as well. 
you know. I mean, mm. was uh, up against McGovern again. He didn't really jump, did he? It was, yeah. was it, um, it looked, looked pretty easy. Uh huh. But um, I think that first half we've obviously missed Bannigan because Fraser grew up and giving the ball away yeah, didn't seem wasn't it, it wasn't it wasn't very cohesive. And we did talk the previous Jagscast about maybe Julian coming in. And um, yeah, I think he did a good job, but it was the balance wasn't quite right because we still had you know, two four players wide, one up front, one there. What was it? Four, two, three, one, or four, aye, four, two, one, two, one, or something. I don't know, but it, yeah, it eventually came together. It eventually came together. Uh huh. And I'm a wee bit surprised that RJ went for it. I thought he would, you know, try and play it safe and bring in McMillan or. Whoever else uh-huh. was fit. We talked about Noy or Craigan maybe just doing that job oh. instead of Manningham. It did work. I mean, it works because going forward, it's quite irresistible, you know. But again, we get a scary moment. We scored the second goal, we think, oh, great, and then give away one within what, two or three minutes, just once again, you know. Well, I was texting Smurf updates of the game. Uh-huh. Smurf, regretfully never made it, having slept through all his alarms, mm-hmm. having done the overnight bus back from London the night before. Right. And when we went to and up, his reply was, yes! And then, when, essentially, it seems like almost instantaneous that I texted him 2-1 and he just went, hmm, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the way we're going to win home games. So, but when Celtic put it back to 2-1 a week on Wednesday, we shouldn't really be too concerned. No, we shouldn't be. 3-1 is we're going to win at home 3-1 from now till the end of the season, season. <laughs> and we're going to get one each draws away from home from now to the end of the Although season. we might only get a draw against Celtic because Donald won't be in the north stand. That's right. So is there a statistic behind that? Um, yes, the, the two games I sat in the north stand this season have been two home victories. Uh-huh. Sorry, yes. You weren't sitting down there, yeah, that's Gene. You're not allowed to go to the north stand. Sitting down at half time. Oh, that's okay. You're allowed to sit down at half time. You've got to stay in your feet the rest of the game, really. Stay in your feet, very heavy welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Call me bald. I'm calling you, uh, you could be a commentator on Sky. Right. <laughs> so, under 20s one. Again, but for the third game in a row. I'm down to 10 now. Red card. Uh, who was it last time? Uh, Jordan Leiden gets sent off for what Raymond describes as a 50 50 that the Ross County guy squealed. Oh, yeah, I was following his uh, updates on Facebook. I just can't imagine Jordan Leiden tackling anyone. Ever? Well, maybe that's why he doesn't. <laughs> He's just not very good at it. Um, no, obviously, I wasn't there, so wouldn't want to comment, but. And another goal for the third. Well, again, I've, I've not really seen the under 20s. I've seen one game, it's against Rangers, and um, well, you went and back because we lost it. We went down 3 <laughs> 0. Well, the first half was good, but I, I, I don't know enough about the under 20s to really comment on it. I know this guy Duggan's meant to be really good, though. It's him just really back from injury. He's been out for a while, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, there's like a hamstring to you. Have you seen a few? I've seen a few, I've not seen any of them lately. Uh-huh. Because the last year tree during the day. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But it, it doesn't really fit in. Great at Fort Hill right uh-huh. now, so uh-huh. I'm not. 
No, it doesn't fit in with my time at all. You're going to see, I'm taking a watch on sort of game during the day. Tell you something, I was off and off on holiday next week, so I was thinking, yeah, I still get along to another 20s game. The week off, isn't it? You know. They're not playing. <laughs> They're not playing. <laughs> They're avoiding you. I know, I know. I, mean, I might have to do the whole 24 hour day to go and see them one last time and present them with the Jags cast on my 20s per year. I don't know if they'll have present at the player, but... But Scott Fox became the fourth goalkeeper to play for the under-20s. So he didn't yeah. play for the under-20s. Has... does that mean Gallagher played for the under-20s? Aye, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Gallagher still did his... I'll hold the ball under one arm and shoot at everyone routine in the, in the 20s. Mm-hmm. He's quite right. I don't know if he did that for Dundee United. Talking of Gallagher and his ball under one arm and running shit people, kind of felt sorry for uh, Watmore, the Hibs boy, because um, William Craig dived in the box and tried to win a penalty and the referee said nothing. And there was, on, the, on the edge of the box outside it, Watmore had been tackled hard, so he was feeling the effects. And as Gallagher picked up the ball, he went to him and shouted at him. I must think he was sort of accusing the diving. The guy was the guy had been legitimately injured. So it was the wrong player he was shouting at? <laughs> oh god, he really looked kind of shaky at that point when he... He picked himself up. Also speaking of the gap, what a save from uh, Stephen O'Donnell's yes. pass back. <laughs> Can we call it a pass back? I think it just hit him. It, it, uh, it kind of hit him, but it kind of hit him quite sweetly. And it, yeah. Everybody behind the goal went, oh no! And then it was a really good reaction save with his foot. Just really good save again. It's one of those ones that I'd like to think I'd be able to do if I was a goalkeeper, but I probably wouldn't, and I'd make a complete mess of it, fall over, and the ball would trundle in. I, I think you're probably right, I think that's what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> that was the cleanest connection of the ball that Stephen O'Donnell had all game. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Stephen, if you're listening. Uh-huh. If you're not listening, we're not sorry. And then on Sunday, Donald, you and I toddled along to the Farhill Complex to witness some history. Yes, indeed. It was the Ferguson Football Club Ladies team first ever league match. Sponsored by... Sponsored by the Jags Trust. Um, so after a rather inauspicious 45 minutes, uh, near enough right at the start of the second half, they conceded a penalty, which was duly converted it's by... It's an unfortunate penalty to concede, well, because the Bishopton striker was through clean and goal, and the defenders got themselves back in front, goal side, and it basically stopped the and then shot, filled her. and then fouled her. <laughs> so it wasn't really that unfortunate. <laughs> but, no, but by Julie converted, you mean converted by a player named Julie? Or Quite possibly. Uh, very good point. No. So Smurf then, got that one on camera, didn't he? Yes, yeah. I think so. We'll find out if her name is Julie then. And then, <laughs> after a little bit of uh, tactical jiggery-pokery from Kyle and Alan, uh, the official ladies came much more into the game, a lot more attacking, getting a lot more of the ball higher up the park. Uh, an outstanding equalising goal resulting from a throw-in where the ball looked high into the net mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what else happens. Did Swap get that one? Um, no, I, I think, I don't know. Uh, maybe? You need to ask him. It was a 25 yard cracker. Yeah. It'd be a real shame if he had uh, missed, messed that up. You know, I mean, he had one job to do. I know. Um, and then the second goal, uh, 
ball played through in between the centre back and their right back, and the girl just ran through. Brilliant finish. Uh, just sort of a dink over the keeper. So nice little touch, yeah. Sensing from your lack of description that you know none of the players. Oh no, that one was scored. That one was scored by Michelle. Michelle. <laughs> I just know the numbers, I don't know the names. Number 16, the substitute. Yes. So they don't go about handing out team sheets like the under 20s then? No. No, but I have requested that. I thought he was just going to say Julie scored again. Mongol this thing. But yes, when we went 2 1 up, we didn't see the shot on target. Yeah, no, after they take the lead, it's pretty, pretty comfortable uh, for them. Just knocking the ball about, just waiting for the whistle to go, really. So they, do you know their fixtures? They've got a few games coming up. Uh, they play on Sunday at Bishop Biggs Academy, two o'clock against somebody, someone. It's in the cup. It's in a cup. Uh huh. Yeah. Two o'clock, Bishop Biggs Academy. Free admission. Will you Mission? be going? Uh, probably not this Sunday, but I'd like to go along and see some of the games. The good games we've played at Parhill Complex, either uh-huh. two or four. Yeah. Check on the Jags Trust yeah. Twitter that. page or the Thistle Ladies Twitter page. Yeah. Or just text me. What was easy to know? Uh-huh. All forms of communication are accepted. No, I should, I should go along and see. We're supporting, definitely we're supporting. Yeah. Also had a nine minutes injury time. Yes, well, that's right. <laughs> what the uh, ladies match? Nine minutes. Nine minutes injury time. Right? In, a, in a semi, in an amateur game. Yeah. Why? Why nine minutes? Nothing. Well, there was a few stoppages to be fair for injuries. Uh, I think the referee just kind of forgot what time he kicked off at. To be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, the second half got delayed because the opposition hadn't filled out their team lines correctly. Oh, oh yes, that's correct. Yeah. So I had everyone basically standing in position ready to kick off and the referee's like, you've got to tell you the paperwork first. Oh, God, I remember, well, <laughs> amateur coaching, doing, turning up with the referee and, you know, oh, the guy's just, he forgot the form, he's just come with the form. Nope, you need to get it filled out. Get on with that, you know, so you're sort of like sitting inside the pitch filter and you know what, you can't get to watching the game because you're trying to remember who's playing the and who's playing and stuff like that. Oh, murder, murder. The referees are stickers for that, you know. That's well, they have to because they have to put it back to the league. Yeah, and they're going to wait as soon as the game's finished because they've got a referee somewhere else in 15 20 minutes, you know. So, yeah, it's understandable. I'm talking of stickler referees, we've got one on Saturday with Kevin Clancy taking charges. Well, is there any good ones? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> well, Kevin Clancy, at least we know that he will be really, really fussy about things, but he'll give everybody about eight or nine last warnings before he finally books them, or in Simon Menzel's case, just the sending them off. Off, sending them off. <laughs> But the big question is, though, will the game be played to a conclusion, given his abandoned history? Well, explain. What well, I, think, I think it depends on the weather. Kevin Clancy took charge of the abandoned game. Uh, I guess he does. And there's another game that he's taken charge of this year that got abandoned as well. Can't was remember. that a Rose County one? It was an object the floodlights, though, rather than, uh, rather than the actual weather. So, that was very calm, that one, that is. Oh, was it? That was like a lower league one. A lower league one. Oh. Uh-huh. Was it Falkirk Queen of the South win? 
Possibly. Possibly. Uh, I just think he's a... Basically, I, th- I think that's going to suit Inverness because he's Clancy will wet Draper, who is a horrible, horrible bug of a player who gets away with constant fouls because oh well he's a big guy up against a slightly smaller guy and therefore it's just his size it's not the fact that he's kicked him in the face yeah. uh, who signed a two year contract extension with him for next today and in the last jazz cast according to Vinny it was smashing bit player as far as I remember I'd like to say that he's just he's one of these players that leaves the boot in and sort of niggly and he doesn't need to be he could be a good he can be a good player when he wants to be but I think sometimes he would just rather be that kind of horrible villain type guy huh? so I like he wants to be Jim Goodwin but with more ability and more hair fine beer Sean Welsh would be jealous of that will they try the corner no. I think we should try the corner just for a laugh I, I still think that was an absolute nonsense that they even complained about that, you know. They're, they're asking the opposition, it, sorry, they're asking the linesmen, the officials, to conspire against the opposition, and I just don't think that was on at all, you know. A joint uh, team wouldn't do a I mean, the, the officials yeah. kind of messed it up a wee bit, you know, but at the same time, it, it's sneaking underhand, it's, it's not. Um, it's not the spirit of the game, it's ungentlemanly. John Goose teams are not sneaking underhand. They are they're <laughs> good, they're, they're honest, they're pros, they're hard working. Uh-huh. They're not also young uh-huh. laddies. Uh-huh. Sometimes they're young laddies as well. They play in the 4 3 3 formation. Uh-huh. He's honest as the day is long. Honest as the day is long. So he is. And he's some trainer and he comes in there at 9 in the morning and works to half past 10 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Donald, save us from these John Hughes expressions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I can do the voice, but I can do the, what he says. Um, well, to be honest, I don't think it's going to be much different from any of the previous games we've had against Inverness, other than the fact that they are definitely going to be a lot more tired than us, mentally as well as physically, having obviously the cup final on Sunday done 120 minutes lost on penalties <laughs> then they're playing midweek and played last midweek exactly and the start of the before so it's Sunday this will be the fifth game in 13 days uh-huh. and they don't have a huge squad so I have no idea if that picked that up or not, I don't know, it's just been with it. But yeah, I would still expect a reasonably tough game. Uh, you know, unless we get an early goal or whatever, and then and basically whoever scores first. If we score first, we'll win. If Inverness score first, we'll still win. Maybe. I think we've got a really good chance. I think we've played really well the last few weeks. And it's the confidence that we can take from you know, Aberdeen drawn away and then Hibs at home, seven points out of the last line. Really playing pretty confidently and, and looking quite good. 
Um, I don't fear Inverness at all, really. You know, I don't think they're... Okay, they probably they will be top six, but, you know, top six is a sort of modern yeah. kind of construct, really, isn't it? It doesn't really, really mean a lot, does it? In the end, okay, you, you know, make a bit more money or whatever, but it's not that much. You know, this sort of big top six yeah. thing, bottom six thing is... It's no big deal, really, you know. You've, you've not won the league, you're middle of the table, you know. And I don't think they're going to be strong going on under Hughes as they were under Butcher, really. This sort of thing about top six, you see that Terry Butcher's Inverness were top six, John Hughes Inverness <laughs> yeah. are a bottom six side that are taking advantage of an incredibly good start. I'd say unless John Hughes does something massive in the summer, if he's even still there, uh, I think Inverness are one of those teams that you can go to the sort of even towards overtaking next year, they'll be one of the teams that drop down at your expense if you're looking to build upon next year if you stay up. I think Inverness will be relegated next year. That's a bold statement. Yeah, I, I, they don't, they don't, for a team in the top six, bar Billy McKay, they don't score a lot. You can imagine Billy McKay after interest last summer would maybe one away this summer. To be fair, I know what you're saying, but um, is it Watkins? They have a guy, Marley. Marley. Marley Watkins. Yes. Uh, Not only Marley in Scottish football. But no, uh, I, I don't find that that surprising. <laughs> but um, I've noticed that Inverness recently have been playing him, trying trying to push him a lot further forward to get up and support Billy McKay. And I think that's something that we'll need to watch out for. Which is all very well saying, oh, Inverness, rubbish, whatever. Um, but, you know, if they can get Mc- uh, Watkins and Billy McKay linked up together, it's still going to cause us problems. Um, especially with Watkins, notion normally comes in from the left-hand side of the field. And given earlier we were talking about O'Donnell's... Maybe not defensive so great defensive performances recently. Um, it's definitely something we need to be wary about. I'm not saying they're rubbish, but they are, they are capable of really good results, which they do have from time to time. You know, I didn't see the League Cup final on Sunday, which by all accounts was a pretty poor game altogether. I mean, did they threaten in the game? Uh, basically, the whole first half, Lanfield didn't have a save. Mm-hmm. Uh, only saw about 15 minutes the second half right. before leaving. Uh-huh. Uh, and it seemed to be pretty much more of the same. I think they have been struggling for gold recently. Yeah. So, so what? Sorry. You hope at the very least we can maybe get a clean sheet and then build on that point. <laughs> very good, Barry. Very good. Clean sheet. I mean, it was a Barry that predicted the last time he went to Inverness that the bet, the bet that gave him most value was both teams scoring this one yeah. at like 9 or 21. It was, and I never put it on because I was kind of drunk in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if we're going to win, it'll be one of those 3-1, 4-1 victories again. Um, line up, Bannigan back in. Bannigan in, do out. Straight, straight as that? I think it will be. I think it's to be. Being in a wee game. For an away game. I think if it was maybe at home, he'd maybe risk taking Robin out 
I don't think he'll. I think Fraser's kind of vital to the way they play right now with no Osborne, so yeah. it's your choice between Boabin and Dillon in a wee game that will be Dillon. Do you really think Boabin's contributing enough though? And, uh, and maybe Bannigan could play instead of him and we still go with Dillon? Yeah, I, I thought at the game, I thought Boabin had a poor game. Then I watched it in Alba, and after thinking of the poor game, watched him in particular, and he breaks up a lot. Same with Fraser, yeah. they break up a lot of play without it being sort of your typical Osborne noticeable smash yeah. like yeah. guy yeah. challenge. Yeah. Uh, and he's, I think, he can be a bit. A bit rusty, but I don't think he was playing every single week for Carlisle, and I don't think he's had a regular game even at Watford after the change manager things like that. So I think it's, he's what three, four yeah, games in his career here, still building back up again. Uh, so I think he'll still, when the threat he gets, the better he'll get. I just don't see where his best position is because playing sort of attacking midfield yeah. and I can't see him scoring a lot of goals. He yeah. doesn't look as if he's got a finish so far because he doesn't really try it. Yeah, you know. Absolutely awful one at Marwell. Uh, yeah, and I don't think he's. I'd rather have Bannigan and Fraser as the sort of two so, sitting midfielders. Yeah. I just yeah. keep feeling sorry for Dooley not getting game time for how much he contributed at the start of the season, you know. But um, but I think you're probably right for an away game. I think Bannigan will be back in and Dooley won't start, and uh, that'll be the only change, I think. I think Lyle Taylor will score. Yeah. But Barry, will he be back on his first goal scorer? Or? Well, if I back someone as first goal scorer, then they tend to score at some point, perhaps, but not first. Or if I back Thistle to win with a certain goal scorer, we tend to win, but not have that goal scorer. So I think I'm going to bet, well, since you want Taylor to score, I'll bet on someone else to score and Thistle to win, because that seems to be the recurring team. Aberdeen a bit on Erskine to score, Thistle to win, and it was Taylor that scored first one? Tony. Kyle Tony, so it was. And then there a bit on Taylor to score first, Thistle to win, and of course it was Erskine. So any time that happens, so I think we're going to continue this and hope that it somehow helps things. Well, I thought to someone last night who did have Erskine and 3-1. Uh, it's something like 130 to 1. That, Not 50, bad. that 50p bet was <laughs> almost regretted. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't me, I'm famous for my 50p bet, so it means only produced like a fiver. <laughs> mm. So, are you confident or are you going to Inverness? No, I'm not going to Inverness. No, no I have uh, some friends who are. My bro- one of my brothers is going. Um, so, so from the Ross County eight that went, there's four going to Inverness this time. There's um, too many long trips too close together. So can we also get an update on um, whether Inverness have been beaten tonight so far? I would, but I can't can use my phone for anything other than the pod. All right. Okay. Uh, I, I think we may get up and get a two-one win. I predicted a shutout in the Hibs game, I actually predicted 3 0, but. You don't do clean sheets and win. No, you know, we probably should have been 3 0. We shouldn't have lost that goal. Put it that way. I think we'll get a point. I think 
up until the split, we got four games left. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in rest of Celtic at home, St Johnston away in Hartsall. I think the aim there is five points, so two draws against Inverness and St Johnston and a win against Hart. Are Inverness getting beat, Donald? Uh, I don't know. I can't find it. Anything yet. Zenit are winning against it's Dortmund. It's no no. No no. So maybe they'll be having fatigue problems at the moment. Maybe what, sorry? Maybe they're having fatigue problems at the moment, that's how they're not scoring. Maybe they'll also Billy McKay will run through one and one and then get 20 yards out and just collapse in an exhaustive mess. I could have. I'm overthinking this. Barry, yeah. are you going to the next? <laughs> yes, on the 7 o'clock train with you. That's good, because you get a train ticket, so it's need to clarify. 7 o'clock train? 7 in the morning, then... So that's the early one, that like, gives you drinking time when you get there. We and have a Weatherspoons breakfast, it's almost a tradition now. Aye. Highland Games, Weatherspoons, Inverness breakfast, uh-huh. then start drinking. Or if you're like me, at Dingwall and hungover, wait until the train home before you start drinking, because you're an uh-huh. absolute disgrace. <laughs> so you're having breakfast before you start drinking this weekend? Yes. Yeah, because we've done it every time so far, and we've yet to be beaten in the Highlands. Oh, well, it's when we never had the weather since breakfast in Aberdeen, it's when it went wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm not having a weather since breakfast at 7 at night, mate, it'd be a bit weird. Well, see, I've never had a weather, weather since breakfast, so maybe that's where I'm going to go. I don't think it is. But it's a highway in Aberdeen. It's also a hotel. Yeah. A weather spoons hotel. Gosh, gosh. Donald, are you going to Inverness? Uh, unfortunately not. I'll be on the ferry to oh. Lockney. Ooh, that sounds exotic. <laughs> well, it's as exotic as I'm getting this year, so it better be. I hear they get trees in Orkney, uh-huh. unlike Shetland. You never know, we might have a good wee pre-season trip. I don't think Orkney have a team. Oh, no, that's I'll a mean, lie. I've been in somewhere do. more exotic. Oh, right. <laughs> you see. Somewhere like know, Chester or like Liverpool or something. <laughs> 20 years time with this new <coughs> exciting pyramid system that we have, mm-hmm. we could have a team from Orkney at some point. Orkney away. <laughs> Would that be better or worse than Wick? Well, you can, get, get a, you can fly to Orkney, I don't know if you can fly to Wick. As long as it's not a Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> or it's a Saturday and it gets postponed when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> probably, if you get some tempting, it's probably all we could could, could you even make Orkney on the same day? If there was a kick-off at 3 o'clock? Uh, no, unless it was Aberdeen, because the ferry leaves at 5 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, probably, we'd have to leave the Aberdeen game early. Yeah. Anyway, we're digressing far, far, far too much. Yes. Um, um, predictions? Yeah. I'm yeah. going for... 2-1 Thistle. And we'll see you in a few weeks if you return safely from Orkney. Bring us back some fudge. Okay. Fudge? Orkney fudge. Ah, oh yeah, yeah. Do that. Okay. I will. Big slabs of it, not just the wee sort of tiny wee bit that you get for 50 I know how to get fudge, don't worry. 3-1. I said 2-1. 2 Copy each other. 4-1. Four breakaways from corners. That's another cliche that John Hughes comes up with, isn't it? It's all these broke four times. Oh no, that's Tom Henry. Same thing. They all feel cliches. We won 4 1, but Inverness will win in corners. That was always a Alex Totten special. Big Brown like that. Big Brown, yeah. Mm-hmm.
Yeah. We we'll discuss that corner one. Well, go up at corner defeat. We'll discuss that corner defeat on next week's Jazz Cast. That's a good idea. We'll see you again. Cool. So, see you next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye.